Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. I want to share some different aspects of creativity today that are contributed by each other. Because Sometimes it's hard to show off for ourselves, so it's nice to brag on friends, right? So a lot of people, every person, has given things to Echo, has given creativity here, and what you see, what we do on a weekly basis cannot be done alone. And so I'm going to share some stories of different Echo friends who've contributed creativity throughout our years. Now, the first one I want to talk about is our logo. The Echo logo has looked a variety of ways over the years, uh, and different people have contributed to them. The top, I think both of the top two were Steve when, when we first began Echo in different years. I don't even remember which year we switched from. I know the button on the left was the very first one. And then the bottom one there was designed um, when we, right as we were maybe first moving into this building, we've met in three different locations. Uh, just, uh, we'll tell that story next week. But uh, a former elder of ours contributed that design. But our current logo was crafted during, during the pandemic. We decided if we're going to meet again, I began this role during the pandemic. Very fun time to start things. And so as we gathered again in 2021, we wanted to reopen the doors and see one another again and just kind of have a new, a new way of looking at ourselves and putting ourselves out into the world. And through all the years I've known Andrew, he somehow didn't show up today, so I couldn't point him. But Morgan can wave to you in the back. She will brag on her husband. So I've known Andrew for years. He, uh, when he was a college student, he worked with my husband, and he has been designing things. And I actually found something I had him hand do for me. I might post online later for uh, Steve on his birthday one year. But I just love talking to him because he can really tell you so much depth of what he sees when he looks at the world, when he looks at design, when he looks at color, when he looks at, at art. And I feel more intelligent just listening to him. But he's made uh, many of the TIFOs that are at the FC Cincinnati games. And you just think, well, that's cool. But then like, to read the description of which artist he was inspired by and what values of the team he was trying to promote by making this design. And all of that heart he put into this logo here. And so here's some of the things that he and I had conversations about. Andrew looked through our whole website, read every description of what we say we are on echochurch.org, um, what scriptures shape our name and shape our ministry, all of those values that we've been talking about. And he just, just sent more and more design options and said, I want to show how an echo moves, how it is visualized, how does an acoustic wave look in the world, and just all of these pieces. And he was like, how do you put in commission and connectivity, creativity, and the city of Cincinnati? And he just like, he wove through all these different things. And he said he wanted to make sure we also had an icon, like a, a way to make that E to be a separate little icon to put that out and add it to the conversation, he said. It was very thoughtful. And the verse that he said really, really inspired this was Psalm 19.4, which is at the bottom of our homepage. It says, their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And if you see the way this, that there's some movement there, in that logo, you can see the movement around and outward 
that idea that we are, we're taking in Jesus's message, we're letting it resonate in our hearts and we're sending it out, his voice, his words to the world. And so that just wanted to give you this beautiful example to begin our time talking about creativity because Andrew is one of those friends who inspire me with his. So we have been in our Echo Location series to say, why are we here and what are we up to in this city? And why does it matter that we minister here and what do we want to do to shape who we are and who we rep- how we represent Jesus to our community? And so far, we've talked about those words, commission, where Jesus entrusts us with his message to send out to others. And then last week, we talked about connectivity to remind us that we have to trust each other. We have to entrust one another on this journey to help us live out our purpose in the world. We're not made to be alone. And this week, we're looking at creativity. And we're going to be in John chapter 2 today. Every week, we have been trying to see how did Jesus live these out? Because these aren't just random words that came, random concepts that came out. They're not just pieces that we read about in other parts of the Bible, that Jesus lived out all of these things, and that's who we're trying to emulate in this world. And so today, we're going to read John chapter 2. It's Jesus' first miracle, and we're going to explore the different ways. It was more creative than I even realized before I really dug into this scripture. Now, I'm going to begin by reading the full story for us, and then we'll break it down together, okay? This is from the New Testament for Everyone translation. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. The wine ran out. Jesus' mother came over to him. They haven't got any wine, she said. Mother, Jesus replied, what's this got to do with you and me? My time hasn't come yet. His mother spoke to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. Six stone water jars were standing there, ready for use in the Jewish purification rites. Each held about 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus said to the servants, and they filled them right to the brim. Now draw some out, he said, and take it to the chief steward. Now I'm going to pause because the chief steward would have been uh, like a family friend at the wedding who was given the honor of this and he would, he would be kind of the MC of the night. So he's the person kind of helping make sure the logistics are all smooth for the wedding family. When the chief steward tasted the wine, the water that had turned into wine, he didn't know where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the chief steward called the bridegroom. What everybody normally does is serve the good wine first and then the worst stuff when people have had plenty to drink. But you've kept the good wine till now. This event in Cana of Galilee was the first of Jesus' signs. He displayed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay, so taking one substance and changing it into another, that's pretty creative. Waiting till like the servants are the ones scooping it out, that's interesting too, to like use something that's already there, He could have produced wine in a bunch of different ways. But I want to consider the ways that this act of creativity was a blessing to other people. So first, we've got the bride and the groom and the parents who are the hosts. So for a wedding in this time and culture, it would last more than one day. And if you're going to host an event, you would typically invite the whole village. 
And you would also be assumed to provide plenty of food and drink for the whole time. So running out of wine in this moment was a faux pas, a social problem here. You could be whispered about for many weeks and years to come if this happened at your wedding. So here is a moment that is not life-threatening. It's just interpersonal relationships, and yet it just shows me that Jesus cares. Like his first miracle is just to take care of other people within their community, making sure that they're not looked down upon. Like, what a beautiful thing that Jesus cares about the big. He cares about the small moments. This is a gift to the bride and groom as well, even though they didn't know about it. Um, You know, he's just giving a beautiful gift to this whole family. Now, the thing is that because Mary is the one that pointed it out, some historians think that this might show that she had a close relationship with the family. Like maybe this was, these were her close friends in the village, and that's why it mattered so much to her to make sure to help fix this problem. Now, speaking of Mary, she's our next person on the list. Mary, Jesus' mother. Now, this is purely my own, this is just really what struck me when I was rereading the story this week. Here we are, and Mary is so excited, and she's like, Jesus, you can go do this. And he's like, it's not, it's not really my time. So I don't know if he's improving here. Like, was this like God said, I don't know, did he lay it out before him? This will be your first miracle? Or Jesus was like, all right, I love my mom. I love these people. Let's just do this. But I think in a subtle way, it's such a beautiful way to honor Mary. Right now, she's the only one who fully, fully knows who Jesus is. And she was told this information by an angel 30 years ago. She has been waiting for three decades to see how God would reveal himself through Jesus, how Jesus would reflect the creator, and she's excited, and she still believes. That's that's a testimony to her faith for 30 years and how wonderful that she could witness this first sign as John describes it. Now, some other people's faith, it tells us, was affected. Jesus' newly called disciples were blessed by this creativity. Just before this story, in the book of John, we are introduced to some of the first people Jesus called and said, come follow me. And followers is what is called disciples in scripture. And the ones named so far in the book are Andrew, Simon, later known as Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. So at least four of them are there, and they saw this miracle. And verse 11 says that Jesus displayed his glory, and they believed in him. So this creative act, it's going to spark. It's going to be what sticks in their mind because they're going to build on this. Eventually, as we've spoken before, these are the disciples who are going to go on and lead the church. They're going to be the ones living out that commission to go into the world and tell other people about Jesus, and they needed to believe in him themselves. And it took a while. They, they, had, they saw a lot of things, and remember, just a couple weeks ago, he still said, and then still some were unsure. So this was this foundational moment that began to build their faith. And John, who wrote the book, who put this story into words, is another one of Jesus' disciples. And it seems he's the only one, if you look Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tells us about Jesus' life. John's the only one that includes this miracle. So I feel like he's creatively sharing. The Holy Spirit's moving within him to say, write this one down, because other people 
are going to need to read it. Like This is going to build up other people's faith as well, even ours today. So sometimes creativity is a reminder to not forget. Um, when I wear jewelry, I tend to think about the people who gave it to me. So I've got a necklace on today, and it was given by my aunts when they had gone, they go on vacation and they try to find creative gifts for all of us at Christmas that year. And when I saw my aunt a couple weeks ago, she was visiting town and she said, you know that's from Lahaina, Hawaii. I knew it was from Hawaii, but I didn't know where. And so now as I'm wearing it, I can think of the people and not forget the people who are going through trauma and tragedy right now. So our acts of creativity, they leave impacts and they leave messages and they leave us things to remember and to hold on to and to help and hope for others. There's more. There is more to this creative miracle. This is the stuff that was like kind of newly dawning on my brain this week. Digging in with some of the different historians, I loved learning about this. So changing water to wine, there were some pieces of this that could have been sending some other messages because I love it. Jesus is always working on different layers. And if you get that, if you get the base story, which I've always read since I was a kid, that's, that's a lesson. But there's some subtle things in here too, if you dig. So I do recall this. When we were in Israel years ago, I, I learned this first one. The first thing that message that could be sent was about God's authority. When we were standing in Israel, uh, our tour guide said, you know, this region would celebrate Dionysus, or the Romans called him Bacchus, and he was the god of wine. Well, if you look further, he's also, he's, he started the god of fertility, then he was the god of pleasure and wine, and he's just the party god, basically. That sums it up, right? So here, Jesus, changing water to wine, gives a message that's like, I'm in charge of that. That wine that you don't have to celebrate that guy to get your wine. I, I can get you some wine. And he does so in a he does so in a celebration that's caring and that's family-oriented and to say, like, look, this brings people together. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be a negative party situation. This is a positive way to bring joy and celebration to a family. Next, this, there's a message of new life here. Because the wedding feast here, there's a scripture of Revelation 21 that describes heaven. And it says it's going to be a celebration that's kind of like a wedding. That as much as people love and the whole village gathers here to celebrate a family and brings people together and they party for days. You know, heaven is described in this joyful atmosphere. And so one, one commentator said this water to wine could just demonstrate that a, ref, a foretaste of something to come. Of the celebrations that Jesus has for us. The water to wine is also a demonstration of transformation, that Jesus can take something and turn it into something greater. In John 10.10, 10, he would say, Jesus said, I come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is just a little hint along the way. Someone described John as writing with little puzzle pieces, and by the end, you put it all together and see the full picture of Jesus. Now, creating and transforming one material to another, the act of transformation still happens today. Again, I've got another example. These pants, they were handmade by women in India. And learning to create clothing transformed their lives. Because now 
there without family in a country where they would be desolate on their own. And they, don't, they can make positive choices and learn how to have a sustainable life for themselves by learning how to make clothing and selling it and having, a, having their own sustainability. So creation, it brings transformation and hope. Jesus also, he gave a message to Israel itself. Israel was waiting. They had been waiting for centuries because a Messiah was supposed to come. A Messiah was supposed to transform their lives. But in the meantime, they were living out God's law. And they were thinking, if, I, if we do it perfectly, then we can be saved and, and it'll be great. And yet Jesus was trying to bring about redemption and a new way. And so if you notice, those jars that were described, as the water that they filled said 30 gallons, real tall jars. It said it was used for purification rites. The water in it would have been what they were washing utensils with, or maybe the guests would wash their hands in order to be ceremonially clean. And so Jesus came in order to say, I'm going to fulfill God's law, and I'm going to make you clean in the depth of your souls. There was a message here about a new way, a new way of living, a new way of honoring God and fulfilling Israel's purpose in the world. And finally, that Messiah, that Messiah they were hoping for, Jesus' miracle also gives a hint that that's who he is. Because throughout scripture, prophecy that we know of as the Old Testament, that's what the, the Jewish people are studying and reading and trying to figure out God's will. And it keeps describing that this Messiah would come. And they use all sorts of language, this beautiful imagery to describe what life will be like when the Messiah comes. And here's one example from Amos. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman, the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains, flow from all the hills. I will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. Jesus brought forth new wine and gave a hint that he was the one sent. He was the Messiah. He would redeem. So now that we've explored this miracle today, I don't know, hopefully this gives us a greater appreciation of God's creativity, that it's got layers. And I hope it's making you think about the things and the ways that you were creative, that, it, that it's not just one thing you make, that it's about connecting people. It's about sharing beauty in all its different levels. So I want to share some more creativity here at Echo Church. I want you to walk with me. As you arrive today, you are welcomed. And we had greeters creating a welcoming atmosphere for you. And we have a number of volunteers who, have, who serve in that role. But they stand behind a desk. And when we also regathered in 2021, we wanted to, to update some things in the building. And Shante was trying to think of ways to make our space welcoming. And she commissioned Rob to create the desk for us down there. He might have some skills that he doesn't, he doesn't brag about. So we're going to brag about him for him. But it's a beautiful space. And we store things in it. And we, we are able to lean on it to write. It's just a beautiful presence to walk in and be welcomed. 
And if you go back to our classrooms, as you walk back, if you took any children in the back or headed back, there's a a room that's painted blue and a room that's painted yellow, and it has some paintings on the wall. They're of trees. And Melissa Parton gave us her pieces of art to hang on our walls. She's back there with the kids right now, and so are many volunteers, because Echo teachers and, and helpers are back there creating a safe space. And they're creating a place where kids can learn about Jesus. Shantae creates those lessons every week to connect scripture to kids' lives. And she's creating our social media pages and our our sermon series slides to just create some, some intrigue about what we share every week. As you begin, Dylan has created an entire atmosphere to make sure he's even commissioned his children to learn how to turn on all of the technology that you have here today. There's some things that I'm like, Owen, I don't know, can you teach me? Like, these kids are following in his footsteps and creating a place where you can come in and hear. Our tech team is making sure we can hear, and our our friends are making sure it's live streamed, so those of you watching online. So every piece of our service has been People come very early in their day to come create a space of welcoming. Dylan creates a song list every week in order to not just hit on a theme or a word, but to draw us into communion with God, to give us a conversation with God that we get to express in our words of song. The worship team up here, they create music. They bring their own instruments and their talents And they create a time where we can communicate back to God. Uh, We have a friend who creates our communion bread very often every week in order to give us time for the Lord's Supper and that it's, it's tasty. It's like special. People comment on it. They're like, who... Who makes this bread? Like it, it means something different. And I will, I will note today that today's bread was not, was not made. It's okay. It's okay. You're allowed to take a break. It's Labor Day weekend. So it's not, today's was purchased, that's fine. He did go out and still serve us by bringing the bread. Alicia has created an organized system that all of our communion and our coffee is prepared. And she has it laid out such that I can just hand to a new volunteer a step-by-step instruction on how to set everything up. It takes creativity like that. When something falls apart in this old building and before we can get a hold of our landlords and we need to to get things functioning, Eric, one of our elders, is often creating solutions to help us figure this out. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. We talked last week about connectivity sustaining a community. We are sustained by one another here. And if you notice... There's not a ton of us here. We all can see one another. So every person matters. Every person giving into this church makes a difference. And I hope if you are searching for your niche to serve, to use your creativity, even if it's in ways that you think is a kind of intimidating, we need it. And so we invite you at any time to say, if you think you can jump in or see new ways, see holes to fill, Everyone's fingerprints are left upon our community, and it's beautiful. So many of you create time out of your schedule to come and participate, and that means a lot too. Your faces here matter to me, and they matter to all of us. And I know that it's life is busy, 
and we can always fill our time doing different things. So the fact that you create space to come here means a lot to one another. As always, our values here are not just meant to serve here. These are wonderful examples, and I wanted to give everyone shout-outs for all the ways that they care, but also to spread outward. And we believe that God's Spirit nudges us toward new ways to be creative. And so I'm just going to ask you, what are you going to do with your creativity when you leave here? Are there creative aspects of your personality that have been dormant for a while, and you're just ready to reignite those passions? Are there new ways you're being called to live creatively and it's maybe intimidating or time consuming? Maybe now, maybe now's your chance. Your creativity matters in this world because we reflect God every time we create. We reflect a piece of God. Our imaginations, our specific combinations of talents and experiences the skills and interests you have are not like anyone else who's ever been made. You are unique. And that's a lot of creativity from God to have a lot of combinations there. And when you use those in the world to better others' lives, just in praise of life and glory, it matters. Other people are affected by it. There's ripple effects when people create things in this world. So when you do so, you reflect God and you matter. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created us and we get to create. And so that's our ending challenge for today. And that's why I wanted us to think about the ways that we've already been creating and consider what's next. Creating relationships and connections with other people matters. Creating space that's welcoming for other people matters. So don't discount all the ways that you are creating in this world and why it matters. We're going to end with this portion of our service, with the way we do every week, we, we have a time with a meal because Jesus created an atmosphere to say, remember me, and do so in a way where you can touch, taste, and smell. I think that's really creative. It helps me every week to remember Jesus' sacrifice, that he came to earth not just to teach, not just to do cool miracles. He came to sacrifice and creatively live again. That's pretty creative and gives us hope, gives us redemption. And so every week we remember that with a meal. We're going to have Echo Friends serving communion for us or we can bring it to you if you need. And as you're taking communion, I want to have you have a special thought today. Just keep praying, keep listening. How will you reflect Jesus' redemption with your creativity in the coming weeks and months? Allow God to tug at your heart a little during this time. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for living a life of creativity, whether you were partying with your community, whether you were rising again after sacrificing yourself for our lives. Open our eyes, God, to the ways that you have given us opportunities to create and to 
reflect your image, to be a reflection of you and your beauty and your love in this world. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just nudge our hearts, bring thoughts to our mind right now of the ways that you're ready. You're ready to use our creativity for good. We bring these things before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.